Smells Jesus-y. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. We are the aroma of Christ. God has spoken in many ways. Welcome to Smells jesus a podcast from Three Crosses Church. Today, we are continuing in our series, Following and Sharing the Way of Jesus. Matt Waldron will be speaking to us from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. A man and a woman are sitting on two chairs, tied back to back in a kind of dank room. Two thugs with guns are standing over them. A stocky man in a suit walks in and addresses the man. We can do this the easy way, or we can do this the hard way. We rough you up, we rough her up, we start to pull out your fingernails, we start to pull out her fingernails, we start to cut off your fingers, we start to cut off... Eventually, you're going to tell us what we want to know. Or you can just start talking now and then you can go home with your wife. And the woman screams, you have a wife? Sometimes life is not as straightforward as the easy way or the hard way. But Jesus claims that following him is the easy option. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is life, light. So Jesus claims following him is the easy option, but can life be that straightforward? Certainly, I think most people today don't think following Jesus is the easy way. Uh, people say things like, I need space to be true to myself and Christianity has just too many rules. Or, I tried Christianity, but it's not realistic for me. Or, I can't be a Christian because I'm gay. Or any other number of obstacles that people see to following Jesus. But Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, to be fair, uh, Jesus also says there is a sense in which following him is hard. So back in chapter 7 of Matthew, towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Uh, The point here is not that only the best people find Jesus' way. The point is that it's easy to just follow the crowd instead of following Jesus. So following Jesus is not about going along with the crowd. So in a sense, that's hard. But we're all modern Westerners. If I have to convince you that it's not worth just following the crowd, that following the crowd is just too important to think for yourself, then, well, I'd be very shocked. That's not what we think is hard about following Jesus. Why is Jesus claiming it's easy? Well, let me draw you your attention to three things in these three Bible verses. He says, Jesus gives rest, Jesus is gentle, and following Jesus is simple. 
Let me just walk you through those. So firstly, Jesus gives rest. That's in verse 27. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Uh, Jesus does not say, if you follow my instructions and you work hard enough, then eventually you'll get rest. That's not how it works. He does not say, if you follow me long enough or well enough, eventually you'll, you'll create rest. No, no, no. He says, if you come to me, I'll give you rest. If you sign up with Jesus, then he gives you rest. What does that mean? Well, the rest of the Bible makes it very clear. If we trust Jesus, if we turn and do our best to follow him, then straight away he reconciles us to God so that God is our heavenly father and we are loved by God as, our, as, as his own children. If we trust Jesus, he forgives us for our sin, both wrong things we do and right things that we should do that we fail to do. If we trust Jesus, he grows us to be more truly the people God created us to be and he promises to raise us to live forever with him we don't have to wait to see if we can be good enough we don't have to wait to see if we try hard enough we can receive everything that life is about as a gift from Jesus so if we come to Jesus we don't have to worry about whether we can do enough he gives us rest not necessarily physical rest but what we normally call peace of mind, knowing I'm okay, knowing that my life is worthwhile because Jesus promises to use it in his plans, knowing I don't need to prove myself. So what is it that you think makes you a worthwhile person? Well, let me give just one example. Cameron Russell is a model. In her TED Talk, Looks Aren't Everything, she says, people ask me, what is it like to be a model? And I think the answer that they're looking for is, if you are a little bit skinnier and you have shinier hair, you will be so happy and fabulous. And when we're backstage, we give answers that maybe make it seem like that. We say, it's really amazing to travel and it's amazing to work with creative, inspired, passionate people. And those things are true, but they're only one half of the story. Because the thing that we never say on camera, that I have never said on camera before, is, I am insecure. And I'm insecure because I have to think about what I look like every day. If you are ever wondering if I have thinner thighs and shinier hair, will I be happier? You just need to meet a group of models because they have the thinnest thighs, the shiniest hair and the coolest clothes and they're the most physically insecure women on the planet. End quote. No, she doesn't say, I feel insecure as a model because I realise my career is shallow. She says that in a different part of the talk, that her career is shallow, but she doesn't, that doesn't make her feel insecure. It's concentrating on how she looks all the time and wondering if it's enough, wondering if it'll still be enough tomorrow. That's what makes her insecure. So what is it that you spend all your time thinking about? How do you ever know if it's enough? How do you ever know if you're good enough? I mean, there's a very simple solution to this, isn't there? 
you just find someone who's not as good as you to compare yourself to. Jesus actually warns us about this earlier in this chapter. Right? You can always, unless you're the absolute worst person out of 7 billion people, you can always find someone on some scale that you can compare yourself to and say, look, I'm okay. Of course, if you're not so good at that game, you find someone who's better than you and it just makes you feel worse. But either way, it's arbitrary. It's just completely meaningless. It's just luck of the draw of who you compare yourself to. Even if you are the very best, you won't always be the very best. When is it enough? Well, Jesus is the easy option. Just come to him. And he proves God's kindness to you. He accepts you just as you are. He makes you significant and worthwhile just as you are. You don't have to keep trying to prove anything. He will give you rest. But that's not all. Jesus is gentle. That's in verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. If you haven't picked it up yet, Jesus is speaking in a kind of poetically repetitive way. So the last verse said, I will give you rest. This verse says, you will find rest. Same thing in a different way. One thing that's new in this verse is, I am gentle. Imagine your best friend gets the promotion that both of you have applied for, so now he's your boss. Uh, you don't adjust very well to this new arrangement. As a consequence, your work suffers, and after 12 months, your former best friend sits you down for your annual performance review. And you say, be gentle. Presumably, you don't mean, please lie, or don't do your job. Be gentle. Look at it from my point of view, take that into account. Be encouraging, give me direction, help me to figure out how to fix this. Be realistic, right? A good boss is both good with the business and good with the staff, yeah? One reason people think Jesus is not good with life is because too often we think Jesus calls people to be comfortably middle-class 1950s America. We think that's all Jesus is aiming for. And so people who are good at that, people who are good at being comfortably middle-class 1950s America, think following Jesus is, well, they just be lazy. They just, their standards are too low. And people who are bad at 1950s America middle-classness think following Jesus is hard. But that's just not what Jesus is on about. Jesus is much better at life than that. When Jesus says he's gentle, he doesn't mean he has low standards. Quite the opposite. Earlier in the Sermon on the Mount, at the end of chapter 5, Jesus says, Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. If that seems hard, Jesus later says it's impossible. Matthew chapter 19, verses 23 to 26, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. With man this is impossible. What's impossible? How can anyone be saved? Right? It's impossible for anyone in themselves, just as humans. But with God, all things are possible. The kingdom of heaven is shorthand for life as it's meant to be with God forever. So the blunt proof 
that you cannot do this is that you're going to die. You cannot humanly fix the problem. None of us can live in God's world, with God, with each other, the way that God designed us to, and so we die. Jesus says, it's not hard, it's impossible, by yourself. But with God, nothing is impossible. When Jesus says he's gentle, he's not saying his standards are low. He knows his business. He knows what makes life work. He knows what makes being a human worthwhile. It wouldn't help, for, help us for him to cut corners. But he is gentle. He, see thing, he sees things from your point of view. He's encouraging. He gives us direction. He's realistic. Uh, many people make the mistake of thinking, either, well, Jesus is happy with me. Jesus accepts me as I am, so he must be happy with how I'm living. It doesn't help us for Jesus to lower his standards of what the good life actually is. Of course, many people also think, Jesus is not happy with that how I live, so he could not possibly be happy with me and accept me as I am. No, no, that's not right either. Jesus is gentle. If we come to him, he gives us rest. He gives us security in God's family, knowing that we're God's children, knowing that we're forgiven, knowing that we have eternal life. And he gently keeps us growing to live more and more that way, to be more and more the people God created us to be. So, uh, I think the obvious question this raises is, are you the kind of person who makes following Jesus harder than it needs to be? Or are you the kind of person who makes following Jesus lazy? Do you see what I mean? It doesn't matter whether someone's a Christian or not. People can look at following Jesus and say, oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's just too hard. There's no way I can possibly do that. And they're missing that Jesus is gentle. Jesus is never stamping his feet in frustration at one of his followers, saying, why aren't you doing better? That is never Jesus' response. He is gentle. But similarly, there are people who just think following Jesus is easy, and so I can just be lazy and not try very hard. Well, that misses that Jesus hasn't lowered his standards for us. His aspirations are still the same, and so they need to be our aspirations. Well, what are those aspirations? Well, not only does Jesus give rest, not only is he gentle, but following Jesus is simple. That's in verse 30. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Uh, this is the repeat of the yoke metaphor in these verses. A yoke was basically an apparatus that you put on the neck of an animal to enable it to pull something. So you can imagine a couple of pieces of wood, one under the neck of a donkey, the other placed on the top. Both pieces are attached to each other so they don't fall off. And then there's some rope attached to each side to pull the plough or whatever it is. This was a, a very common piece of agricultural equipment in Jesus' day. It's still used in many parts of the world. Uh, it was also a very common metaphor that was used for a range of different things. So for example, a set of teaching from a wise man could be referred to as the yoke of his teaching which you might follow to try and live a good life. Or 
a person who was paying off a debt by being owned as a slave could be said to be under the yoke of his master. So that was a common metaphor. So uh, what, what sort of effort is Jesus talking about uh, here when he uses the metaphor of a yoke? Well, look back at verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So Jesus is using a yoke as a metaphor for his teaching or his way of life. And then the next verse, he says his instructions for life are easy or light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we've just seen that Jesus doesn't have low standards. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect is not an easy instruction to do. In fact, Jesus says it's impossible. So what does he mean when he says his instructions are easy? Well, I think he must mean they're easy to learn. Sign up as my student, learn from me. That's actually easy. It's a light study load. But it'll be as challenging as you can make it to live it out. However much challenge you can handle, you'll never run out of challenge in growing as a person following Jesus' instructions. But they're simple instructions. In Matthew chapter 22, Jesus says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. In other words, love God and love people sums up everything that God demands from people. Sums up what it is to be a human being. It's not complicated. I'm pretty sure the first person who clearly explained the way of Jesus to my three-year-old was my five-year-old. It's not that complicated. Love God and love people. But I know what you're thinking. That may have simplified things in Jesus' day, but now, well, everyone keeps things pretty simple. I mean, what do most people live according to? Well, just be true to yourself and kind to others. Nancy's getting towards the end of high school. She has to choose her uh, subject preferences for university. She goes to the career counsellor, and the career counsellor says, what are you good at? And... Uh, Nancy says, well, kind of reasonable at everything. Not, you know, not getting top of the class in anything, but I'm passing comfortably, I'm doing reasonably well, kind of in everything. Ah, oh, so the career counsellor says, what do you like doing? And Nancy says, well, I kind of like the subjects where there are good teachers. Do you like working in groups or working by yourself? Yeah, I kind of like both. Do you like going out of the house or staying home? I kind of like both. So finally, the career counsellor gives, gives her a, a kind of questionnaire that asks the same questions more thoroughly. The career counsellor looks at the results and finds that she really is kind of equally good and likes everything equally. So they say, look, in the end, it's really simple. You should be true to yourself. Now, please go out of my office. One of Nancy's friends has watched too many soap operas and tells Nancy that because she's very good at sport, she's probably gay. So she Googles, how do I know if I'm gay? She finds this article from uh, 
you know, a professional centre that supports young people with diverse sexualities, and it gives a range of factors to consider. You know, consider your uh, physical attraction to people, consider your physical arousal, consider your emotional attraction to people, consider your emotional intimacy with people, a few other factors. And just as Nancy's thinking, this is getting too complicated, there's a closing paragraph that says, if this is too complicated, just relax. Ultimately, it's up to you to decide how you want to see yourself, just be true to yourself. And she says, what's the use of that? So she comes to you for advice and says, one of my friends has been spreading nasty stories about me behind my back. Uh, we've been best friends for a long time. Now I've just found out she's doing this. Uh, I don't want to believe it, but I'm sure it's true. How do I balance these things up? And you say, be true to yourself. Look inside, how do you really feel? Well, she says, so you mean I should wait till the middle of the night when she's asleep and then go and set fire to her house? Don't be that true to yourself, Nancy. Right, being true to yourself... Oh, now, I realise some of you are thinking, you're making it too complicated, Matt. Sometimes being true to yourself is very simple. That's true, sometimes it is. Sometimes I say to a man, why have you left your wife and young children for a woman who's half your age? And he says, well, I need to be true to myself. I grant you that's a very simple case. And it is not helpful at all when it's used that way. And of course, don't get me started when people say, I'm being true to myself, and what they mean is, I've been brainwashed by this slick marketing campaign. That's why I need to buy that product, because I'm being true to myself. Jesus is much easier. Sometimes we make it unnecessarily complicated. Sometimes life is just complicated. Right? Sometimes life can be genuinely hard. But Jesus doesn't make it worse. Jesus enables us to clear away all the confusion and the clutter and keep the main priorities the main priorities. Loving God, loving other people. That's how we genuinely grow in being true to ourselves. Jesus gives rest, Jesus is gentle, and following Jesus is simple. Uh, sometimes when I go rock climbing, uh, I'll lead climb. I hate having to explain this, but anyway, it's necessary for you to understand. Basically, it's where you clip the rope to the rock as you go, instead of it already being set up above you. Right? So what that means is that if you haven't clipped the rope for a couple of metres and you fall, you fall a few metres. And so that can be quite exciting. Uh, the first time I had my, my first kind of real lead fall, I uh, didn't put my feet up high enough to kind of make sure they were the first part hitting the rock as I came swinging in. And so I smashed my shin on a bit of rock. It wasn't the end of the world, but it gave me a nasty shock. It hurt. So now when I'm lead climbing, I've got to deliberately ignore that memory. Right? If I'm a couple of metres above my last clip and there's nowhere to clip, I've got to not think about that. But it has never occurred to me, it has never occurred to me that trusting the rope is... Well, sometimes I think it's hard to trust the rope. Well, it's not hard to fall. I never think falling is hard. But right? it's hanging on desperately trying not to fall. That's hard. 
but actually falling's easy. Usually I do it without even trying, right? And the rope catches me, because that's what it's there for. It's set up properly. I don't have to think about it. Jesus saving us is easy. Right? It's trying to stop him from saving us that's really hard. Trying to desperately prove ourselves that we can make ourselves good people without him, that's very hard. Trying to either lower our standards low enough to make ourselves good or trying to actually beat everybody else, that's hard. But just letting go and trusting Jesus, that's easy. Trying to read enough information on the internet to figure out what uh, the best advice is about how to live life and then try to untangle it from our emotions and all those things, that's really hard. But stopping and just trusting Jesus and following him, that is easy. Don't make it harder than it needs to be. Don't be lazy. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you sent Jesus not to make life difficult, but to rescue us from the difficulties of life, both the ones that we bring on ourselves and the ones that are just part of the way the world is. Father, please help us uh, not to confuse those things. Help us uh, not to think, uh, as so many people do, that Jesus makes things more complicated when actually uh, that's so often us uh, being scared or suffering and letting that distract us from Jesus' clear guidance and gentleness. Father, please also help us not to use Jesus' gentleness as an excuse for laziness. Help us to share his aspiration of living life to the full forever. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a couple of questions on the PowerPoint. Uh, you might like to discuss those with a person sitting next to you uh, before you go to morning tea. Thanks.